Hey, this is H1, and we're going to be running it back with another episode. Today, we will be talking about how to avoid premature attacks. And guess what? Like all of my other episodes, we'll be starting with chess knowledge, chess wisdom, chess understanding. Okay? You will learn something here. This isn't just some free podcast where you can just chill and relax. Nah, 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 sir. You're going to learn something. And learning is important in life. You might think, man, school didn't teach me nothing. But let me tell you something. H1 disagrees with that sentiment. And I disagree with that because school taught you discipline. And it taught you something very valuable that you probably don't know about. Those students, the teacher pets, those students who got the 4.0 GPA, They didn't just study during the school hours to get those grades. They studied outside of school. And they didn't just do the homework. No, they kept learning to get those grades. So they understood the assignment that when they got into the real world, learning was essential. To gain knowledge was essential. Essential. All the time. And the people who have more knowledge succeed. Succeed in life. And I feel like this episode is going to give you something very important that I didn't know about until I got into high school. But we will be talking about premature attacks. So sit back, relax, and um, enjoy your Mountain Dew so that you can be delivered this chess knowledge. Okay, peace! H1, what is a premature attack, man? Just get this over with. I I don't have time to be listening to you all day and night. Come on, just get it over with. Well, just hold up just one second. Hold up one second. Because H1 always delivers. Like, come on. You've been listening to me for a while. You know I always deliver. So stop with the with the impatience, okay? It takes it takes a lot to talk about all this. <laughs> it takes a lot. And I just I just need you to calm down just a little bit. Okay? Calm down. This is an important thing that I have to talk about, and I have to talk about it like this so that you can fully understand and apply it in your next games. Do you understand? Do you understand? Okay, what is a premature attack? A premature attack is usually on the king, and it usually adds up to you not having enough power to attack your opponent. And... There is something really wrong if you don't have enough firepower to attack your opponent. It's like going to war without any bullets or artillery. You know what I mean? Because, get this, when you have a premature attack on your opponent's king, when you have a premature attack on the king, it can lead you to having to play on at a material disadvantage or losing a game immediately. And we don't want any of those things. No, sir, we do not. We do not want that. 
So, what we're going to have to do is avoid premature attacks so that we can win more games and stop doing stupid stuff. Let me just give you a few more examples of what premature attack is. For example, many people in a marriage are lazy. They don't want to do the work. Okay? If I'm talking to you, if you're getting riled up right now, then you are the person who I'm talking to. And most people think marriage is 50-50. I've been married for about a good four solid years. Nothing compared to 50 years, but a good four solid years to understand what it takes to have a successful marriage. And many people think it's 50-50. Well, let me tell you something. I learned this from one of the books I was reading, but it's not 50-50. And the book is called The Compound Effect. It's not not 50-50. It's 100-100. You need full effort on both sides. And if one of you is lacking... That can cost your marriage. That can cost your relationship. Another example. Let's say you was trying to get to a destination. One shot. And you're at a gas station. Right? You're at a gas station. And you know, you know, you need that full tank to get to that destination. One shot. Okay? Because you know, to get to that destination, there is no gas stations in between. But... He was like, yeah, let me risk it. All I need is a half a tank. You know, once the light comes on, then I got another, I don't know, 10 miles on it. Come on. What's the worst that can happen? You could just bet what happened to that person. They didn't get to their destination. Not only did they not get to their destination, but they wrecked on the side of the road because all they had to do was avoid... All they had to do to avoid that was fill up the goddamn tank. <laughs> fill up the tank fully to get to the destination. I use these illustrations for you to understand how bad, how horrible it is to attack your opponent prematurely. And it happens all the time. And it happens when you were starting out to play chess. I remember back in my days when I was playing chess, when I was doing the double fee and kettle, I seen a lot of people lose to to other students with just one queen. And they would just give their opponent all their pieces because they kept on putting their pieces on spots where the queen can take them. And I've seen other kids win with one queen they took all of their opponent's pieces and this is beginner beginner and i'm talking to you if you're just now starting out to play chess because when you get a little bit of age a little bit of experience when you're playing chess you need more than the queen and you don't want to make the other pieces jealous you don't want that because You don't just have a queen when you're starting out. You have the queen, the knights, the bishops, the rooks. The king gets to be be chill in the back. So we don't need the king. But guess what? We utilize the king in the end game. But it's important to not just attack with your queen. 
to not just attack out your knight. Nobody, none of your pieces should be going out to your opponent's crib by themselves because they are no match to an army of people. In any any setting, any setting, this is horrible. None of your pieces are 007. None of them. None of your pieces are Thanos. None of them. And, and, And a third example of that premature attack thing, you don't see Thanos with the gauntlet that only has three stones trying to take over the universe. Nah, he needed all five to take over the universe. If he would have tried with just two stones, that would have been a premature attack and a beginner mistake. If you saw Avengers, you would know who Thanos is, etc., etc. But yeah, none of your pieces have special powers. They just are dealt the cards that were given to them. So your knight can only move in the L, and your bishop can only move diagonally, and your queen. Even though your queen is the most powerful piece on the board, your queen needs help. And the queen cannot do everything alone. Need help. Don't prevent the help. Prepare. Okay? So, the next segment we'll be talking about why do premature attacks happen? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke of today is when pirates beat another pirate in chess, they say, Check, matey! Thank you for listening. Yep, so I wanted to go over why premature attacks happen. And I have explanations on why. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to give these reasons why premature attacks happen. And it can be beneficial so that you can tell other people how to do a successful attack. And that's basically my first point is that Not a lot of people know how to do a successful attack. Now, it took me a while to learn this. It took me a while to learn this, but I'm H1, and I just want to give you the secret that a successful attack usually takes about four to five pieces. Okay? And once you learn that, then it puts it in perspective. Like, dang, H1, I didn't really know that. I did not really know that. Now, that principle teaches you to um, pretty much activate your pieces a lot more because who 
doesn't want to attack. And a successful attack takes a lot of firepower. That's why when you see a Grandmaster attacking another Grandmaster, it's not just with a Queen or Knight. It's not just with one piece or two pieces. It's with the whole army. Why leave out a family member when you can invite the whole crew? You know, let's say you're in a gang, right? And you have this dude that's kind of like built like Terry Crews or something or Dwayne Johnson. Are you going to leave him in, in the back when you're trying to face the other gang? Man, you want the territory, right? Then get that dude in the front row and get behind him because he can't do it alone. And just be like, yes, son. Yes, this is my territory. This is my territory. <laughs> ah, crap. But yeah, seriously, not a lot of people know how to do a successful attack, and it's really detrimental to your game. Like, seriously, you need you need to learn how to do it. And I already talked about it in my previous season, so go back there and look up how to do a successful attack. Now, second reason. Not a lot of people know what a premature attack is. Surprisingly, the first time I was introduced to the term premature attack was when um, uh, I went through a video that was talking about a premature attack on YouTube. And they mentioned a, a game by Mikhail Tall of him doing a premature attack and losing. Finally! The thing that I needed my whole life, I found on a video when I was 20 years old, too late. <laughs> Finally, a game of him losing instead of all the wins that he did. And I needed that just to break his ego, even though he's passed. But still, a lot of people would just praise him for these attacks. These, these losing these these horrible attacks that can be defended very easily with the computers that we have right now but he had really good psychological pressure but still really bad moves <laughs> it, it's crazy but that was the first time that i was introduced to premature attacks and it held a special place in my heart and i was like oh snap i'm supposed to bring out this many pieces to attack that's crazy to me that's crazy to me that's crazy to me and yeah i just stopped attacking after that i just stopped attacking until i had four to five pieces and guess what happened guess what happened my rating rose another 100 elo my rating rose if you want your rating to rise up to the highest rating that you wanted to rise up to, then just attack when you, all of your pieces are ready to attack. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, next thing. Let's talk about peer pressure. Peer pressure happens when it comes to a certain substance, right? Get peer pressured into it. You get hooked on it as a teenager. And then it kind of follows you along in your adulthood, right? And I know this isn't like a dare program type of thing, but you get my drift. Peer pressure kind of happens in chess clubs, friends, family. And the thing that peer pressures you the most to have like 
a good attack is your own ego. Your own ego. Okay? Because who doesn't want to bring a good attacking chess game to the chess club? Who don't want to show all their friends and family who knows how to play chess their awesome attack on a chessboard? And it was probably gets a really good opponent. And who don't want to fill up their good ego on an attack that you gave to the best chess player at that tournament? I know, it can be really powerful, but you need to slow down and be patient, hold that off. And don't let your ego get ahead of you. Because you want to make sure that you're still following the principles in that chess game. Instead of just going off of your dang ego. Pop that bubble. Set your pride to a certain level. And just and just follow the flow of the chess game. Stop trying to make something out of nothing. It's a boring chess game. The, the, the dang pawns are symmetrical. How are you going to attack your opponent? Your opponent is defended. Their castle, they did everything right. Like, what are you trying to do? You're not Bobby Fischer, okay? Settle down. Like, man, c- calm calm down. Be, be you, okay? Next thing. When you think you have no choice, don't, don't psych yourself out. Just be calm and look at all of your options. You, usually, you have a choice to do a premature attack. And you know deep down inside that is probably not going to work. You just have to listen to that conscience. Like, maybe that queen alone can't get the job done. You know, maybe that knight alone shouldn't just be out there. And you have a choice to bring that piece forward or back. And most of the times, if that piece don't have a purpose going forward... You might as well bring that baby back. <laughs> baby back ribs. Okay, next thing. Lies on how to attack your opponent. Yeah, most people believe in such lies on how to attack an opponent. And it can come from your own perception of chess, past grandmasters, other bad teachers. And... I already gave a whole episode on how you should be attacking your opponent. So, I would just go listen to those and you'll be straight. One thing that most premature attack people do is they don't prepare. And these people don't believe in preparing. Think about this, right? If you're on a healthy diet, if you're trying to avoid sugar, gluten, dairy... Whatever allergy you have, or let's just just let's just say you're just trying to be healthy, you know, it can just be that. Or let's just say there's nothing at all. You're just preparing lunch, just prepare lunch for the week so that you don't have to spend money going out each day. You think about that, right? You think about that pre the week. You, you think about that. You don't do your lunch every single day. That can burn you out. You set it up on Sunday. And then you set up your leftovers and your meals on Sunday. Preparing your lunches through the week. And maybe, just maybe, that one day where you have to make something. But you preparing on Sunday what you're eating for the rest of the week is the perfect thing for you to do. 
and that goes along with chess. You don't just want to throw your pieces out there and hope for the best. No, it's never it is what it is. You get to decide what you want to do. And you, in that situation, you get to decide if you want to lose the game immediately or win. And I'm guessing you want to win. The last thing why premature attacks happen is people rush to the end of the game. They, they're they rushing to the end of the game. They want to trade off pieces and rush to the end of the game. But for some reason, depending on the time control, you shouldn't be impatient. You shouldn't be impatient. If you have an hour on the clock, what are you rushing for? Why are you rushing to end this game? Are you trying to be somewhere afterwards? Like, you're at a... It could be on a computer, at a chess tournament, whatever. You shouldn't be impatient at a chessboard. Take your time. Take your time to prepare. Don't just... Don't rush anything. Chess is a patient game. And if you're not with it, then maybe... You should be playing checkers. And never bluff or trick your opponent. Beat their tail with perfect moves. Okay? Don't just go for something because you don't feel like calculated. That's not how chess works. It doesn't work like that at all. You can't just stop calculating. You have to do your best. It's a mind game. If you're not playing your best then I can definitely tell you somebody else will, and they will beat you at the game every single time. So those are my theories on why premature attacks happen. You can learn from it, or you can just be like, man, H1 is a fool, and I won't follow nothing. But trust me, you will think about this 10 years later, and you will be like, dang, maybe H1 was right. This is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is, You see a good move? Look for a better one. Emmanuel Lasker. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. So, how to avoid premature attacks? I think I already said one of the principles before, but remember, it's best to have four to five pieces to have a successful attack. I go more in detail in my previous episode. Number two, (laughs) since I already talked about the first one in detail, be prepared. You gotta be prepared in chess. If you're not prepared... I don't even know why you're playing chess. For example, there are certain openings that are for attacking players. There are certain openings for positional players. There are certain openings for defensive players. If the opening that you are playing is not really into the goal that you're trying to achieve, then you're doing something wrong. Like... Don't play a Guchiko piano type of opening if you're trying to attack your opponent relentlessly. No, don't play that. 
Don't play no English if you're trying to attack your opponent's king, even though there's some variations that go into it, don't you? I, I know how you people be thinking, like, well, there's this deck and half and Well, here's the thing. If you're trying to attack your opponent relentlessly, you got to know what your opponent wants to do. For example, if you know your opponent is a Sicilian player, then you go for E4 if you're trying to attack your opponent. Go for that Sicilian play. Let's say you know your opponent always goes for some boring type of opening. Well, you go for the King's Indian. Come on now. There's certain openings that you have to prepare for. And even like, the, another way to prepare for it is to learn about closed positions and open positions how to get your attack off, learn about um, isolated, um, D-pawn isolated positions. You gotta learn about these things so that you know, okay, this is the plan, this is what I should be doing, I shouldn't be trading pieces, let's go for it, let's go. The third step is to calculate, calculate, calculate. You have to calculate. There's no way around it. And you gotta be blunt. You gotta be honest with yourself when you're calculating. So when you're attacking your opponent, you gotta calculate. Hmm. Should I be trading pieces at this moment? And if you're attacking your opponent, then you already know the principle that you shouldn't really be trading pieces. But, you know, sometimes you're forced to trade pieces. That means that's probably not the variation for you if you're forced to trade pieces in that in that variation there might be another option another plan where you can have those four to five pieces to have a successful attack and the last thing is the number one thing that you should be doing before you even think about all these principles is to ask the question what is your opponent's plan what is my opponent's plan what is my opponent trying to do because i don't want to be caught up in an attack if i'm trying to attack my opponent so you definitely do not want to try to attack your opponent if you're being attacked because that can lead you into a premature attack, especially if they have all the checks and captures and whatnot. Um, pretty self-explanatory. So the first thing is, remember, it's best to have four to five pieces to have a successful attack. Second thing, be prepared. Be prepared for the opening, the middle game, and even the end game maybe study some tactics whatnot and, and some other things on attacking positions third calculate calculate hey this is h1 i'm glad that you made it this far it's commendable. Honestly, it is. And H1 commends you. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you made it this far. Thank you for listening. Um, I had this in my pocket for a little bit, for a while, talking about premature attacks. Um, I'm glad that I was able to talk about this in, in length. And I'm going to begin into some more exciting things, more deep things to uh, help you in your chess journey so um, thank you for being here 
If you want more chess content, go to my Instagram, h1chess. My YouTube channel is Chess Knowledge with H1. And my Facebook group is Chess Knowledge with H1. Okay? And my Twitter is H1Chess. A lot of things you can follow me by. I I, I be on each one um, for a certain limit. But every week I post something. Every week I do. So don't worry about that if you want to see more H1, see what I'm doing on the daily. And other than that, hey, I'm glad that you could be here and thank you for listening. Peace.